the Roger Rabbit podcast. Please enjoy it. You no trouble. Me, fifth element. Supreme being. You will be a weapon. You will be a minister of death, praying for war. But until that day, you are cute. Sound off like you got a pair. Welcome to the podcast. I'm Brian Elkins. With me here tonight, Mr. Jimmy Benson. Howdy. With our special guest, Roger Rabbit. <laughs> so weird to have a fucking cartoon set next to you. Also known as Jared Callen. I'm not fat, I'm just drawn that way. And this is uh, our second installment in our Summer of 88 retrospective series, where we're going to take a look back at one of these fine films released during the summer of 1988. I think the, I think the most of the films from '88 are probably better than the wines from '88. I think they've aged pretty well. <laughs> what? You know, like they say, a wine gets better with age. You know, a lot of these films we've been watching are, are pretty damn solid, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, we'll we'll we'll, we'll see how you know we feel when we <laughs> we continue the the '88 retrospective. <laughs> you know, the that, summer of '88. <laughs> Sorry, I'm on the summer of 65 there for you. But this was the uh, highest grossing um, film for the summer of 88. This was number one. It was the number two movie of the year. What was number one? Yeah. Uh, Rain Man. <laughs> Dustin Hoffman. Matches. Matches. Tom Cruise. Matches. Yeah. Well, I, I forget. How many How many matches was it? I that don't know, but there were a lot of matches. <laughs> Three, 300 and something? <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. You know, that, that went best picture. How did uh, Ready Player One do? Is is it up there? Uh, last I, I, I saw it was like one thirty five. Right, so it's it's not the top because that's kind of the closest thing we've had to franchise blending since 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 uh, this film. Yeah. So I was just wondering how it compared when you threw. Is is it basically what I'm getting at? It, was it the film or was it the fuck man? We can go see Daffy and Donald and even Dumbo and like all these crazy characters all in one movie. You know, I don't really. I, I did see this in the theater when it came out, but I don't. I don't really remember like. Mickey Mouse or Bugs Bunny being a, a selling point. So they, they weren't marketing it that way. I know you saw them in the trailer, but it was more about, you know, it was more about Roger Rabbit and the, the cartoons interacting right. with the people. I think that's what the, that's what the sell was for me as a kid. Yeah. I don't, I, I didn't see like, it was, you know, like Warner Brothers and, and Disney were making a big thing of like, these are two things together, Bugs Bunny and Mickey Mouse on screen. <clears throat> yeah. Together. Yeah. To me, it, it, the marketing just seemed more around the idea of, look, there's cartoons and people. 
That's great. But I mean, that was pretty revolutionary. But you said it was based on a book, right? Yeah, it is based off of... uh, Who censored Roger Rabbit. Yeah. I didn't read it. Did you read it? No, I did not read it. I'm interested to see what what that's all about. I I, I read the synopsis real quick. (laughs) I saw the the big difference. Uh, There's a lot in terms of story. Like It's more structured as a... uh, more of a hard-nosed uh, detective film noir, and the from ra- Eddie's point of view. Uh, I don't know. I haven't read the book. Okay, I'm, I'm just, sorry. Yeah. I'm asking questions. Yeah, just yeah. read. Just read just the read synopsis. The book, all right. <laughs> and then Roger Rabbit in the book is is from a, a, a strip, a comic strip. Oh, okay. And, you know, like the funnies, as opposed to being uh, from a cartoon, which makes sense that they would you know update it because it's a film. You'd want to see cartoons in there, not comic strip characters. I, I really like the era of co- of uh, cartoons that they use. Like, you know, it's kind of got a, a timely feel. They kind of stop it at a certain point and only get all your classic cartoons in there. I think they're able to do jokes, like, uh, jokes that would fit that time that wouldn't really fly today. Oh, I got what you're saying. Yeah. yeah. A, a lot well, of the little... movie was made 20 years ago. <laughs> That's like, true. Yeah. Yeah, but I, <laughs> even the humor, though, they're, they're going for, like, 40s, you know, 50s kind of, But you also, know, it's very... The Looney Tunes humor. Yeah, yeah. But it's also very risky uh, for Disney and Warner Brothers to allow their characters to, to do what they're doing because when uh, <laughs> when Eddie's going into the uh, the club right before we meet uh, Jessica Rabbit yes for the first time where she's like the doorman yeah yeah the doorman yeah like uh, the, the big monkey guy you know and he, he's like uh, <laughs> he lets him in but as, as he passes the, the monkey guy the monkey guy like pulls his hand down by his balls and kind of gives him a jerk off symbol like Yep, <laughs> he's like fucking jerk off, but he doesn't actually say it. He just gives him, you know, gives him a little like you know fucking jerk off well, motion. I mean, yeah, it's a kids' film, but I mean, they still. I was like, ah, have I never seen that before? And they, yeah. they still kind of keep like that. I, I mean, the plot even there's blackmail, adultery. Yeah, I wonder People how much playing patty cake. Uh, oh yeah, total like like sexual innuendo, big time. You know, <laughs> wonder how much like little stuff hey, like patty cake. <laughs> You do that too well. It's it's almost disturbing. Wonder how much little stuff like the jerk off some sign is just the animators fucking around and seeing if anybody catches it. Well, I, I think the animation is really cool in that it's kind of like how Superman was to me. Uh, looking at this one, uh, you really got to look at it at, at when when it was made, and then you see, holy shit, this is really impressive. Especially that I think this is the first time that we get. 2D animation that kind of leans toward 3D because any times before that we've had like 2D animation in film it didn't really interact with things in this one like you know if something like goes by it like brushes things it knocks things over Roger yeah. Rabbit's sitting on a crate like rocking back and forth he touches a chair you actually see like the dust go away um, you know e- even down to the point where um, uh, where Eddie's holding Yosemite Sam's like revolver. Yeah, and and like it, it's animated, but there are some really cool scenes where they cut wide, and you can see that it's plastic. They, 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 they kind of did a little cheat there. Yeah, and, but then when they get closer, it, it's animated. So I, I thought that was kind of cool. Yeah, and like like the baby Herman smoking the actual cigar. Oh, it's an actual lit cigar. That whole opening sequence is amazing when they actually cut out of it, uh, which they're already doing some really cool three D kind of like uh, turns in the actual like hand drawn animation. But when they cut out of it and they show that it's actually on a film set and uh, the things you've seen. Which is a mixture of like matte painting versus you know an, uh, animated things versus cartoon prop, cartoony looking props. Yeah, it, no, it, dude, it's, they, it's they like did a lot of stuff here. Holy shit balls! <laughs> it, it's all the department heads and, and the special effects working together. Like you have the the animation department doing all the animation, and ILM uh, just coming in and and doing all the shadows and and the layers. 
And you actually see like the shadows and the highlights on the cartoons will actually match. Yeah, they do. And the background and, lights. And even even, even I noticed seen. like when when Jessica Rabbit comes in for the first time, uh, we see her like walking down the catwalk and she's singing that. Yeah. Great fucking sexy song. Totally letting her out. But as she's walking down the catwalk, that we're right on her ass. So they're like showing that little like, that, that little rabbit ass walking down the street, uh, yeah. down, down the catwalk. And you're looking between her legs, obviously. And <clears throat> you're seeing the face, the, the, the reactions of people watching her in the crowd through the dress. Like you're seeing, yes. you can actually see through the dress. And then like, e- even to the point where the baby at the beginning, like uh, he, the hermits like slides across the, the, uh, the floor, you can see his reflection in the floor. And, yeah. and, and like you said, so it, I think it's reflections and shadows and, and, and the, and the transparencies really did help cement it into the world. Yeah. I mean, and dude, that's just the post-production stuff. Like, I mean, they spent over a year on animation and, and doing all that um, stuff at ILM. Was there a the body shadows. double? Well, some of that stuff, I mean, like, uh, some of it was just puppets that they had. And, the, like, to hold certain things, like, on set, like, like if, um, like, Baby Herman with his cigar, they rigged up, like, this little teeny robot. And it was connected to a, a person's arm, and it could move certain ways, and it would mimic a guy's movement holding right. the cigar, and then they would animate baby hermit over it right well i was wondering i was watching you know how um jessica rabbit goes and she gets over to um eddie she runs her hand down his chest and like grabs his tie and shit like that so i'm, yeah. I'm, I'm wondering is that was that actually a an, an actress is, is is that uh yes. is that what's her what's her name from romancing the stone uh, no it, no she was not on set kathleen turner was not kathleen on set. turner didn't do her own body no. double <laughs> <laughs> Which, uh, you know, th- that's a great film to work callback, too, because she is uh, a great film fatale in uh, Body Heat. Oh, yeah. I forgot about Body Heat. Oh, man. Oh, never forget about Body Heat, dude. Well, Laird's, you know. Barnes Casden, man. Have you, have you have you ever seen uh, Californication? I was telling Jeremy about this earlier. Have you seen Californication? Uh, I've seen the first two seasons. She's like, come here. Three. Come here. Get over here. She's got this real smoky voice. Now she's like, get over here and give mama some sugar. I'm like, oh, my God. You used to be so amazingly hot. Oh, dude. Yes. Yes. <laughs> she's like the, the like romancing the story. Stone and uh, it's just like such a great movie. Uh, I love yeah. her in that. I even like the sequel, Jewel and Nile. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, it's not bad. Did you know that um, Ken Levine, the writer of uh, Cheers and Mash and all that, he actually did punch ups on Jewel of the Nile and Romancing the Stone. No, I, which I no just idea. found that out recently. Interesting. It's interesting. You said this was the number two movie of the year. Yeah. Was there another like cartoon human mix between this and Space Jam in '96? No, no, no. Was Space Jam the next one? Uh, it's and the, that was almost no, ten years later. Was well, it? Well, Cool World, I think, probably came out before that. Oh, I forgot about Cool World. Cool and then World. Cool World with yeah. uh, Brad Pitt and Kim Basinger. Very yeah. similar kind of film, he, he, but it he, was bad. And I think he becomes a tune. Did they call it tunes in that too? I can't remember. Because because he, he, he becomes he becomes. I, I, I think Kim Basinger, she starts off as a cartoon and then she turns to a real person. And at the end, he becomes a tune. Oh, yes, and then, I like, think yeah, you're right. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, like, you know, like, come on, Johnny. And he, like, goes or whatever, like, well, goes into. That's how they, like, made it so, like, Brad Pitt and Kim Basinger could get together. Yeah, he's like, like look, look, we've got to fuck in this movie. I don't care if we're tunes or not. You know? <laughs> we both got to be human or we both got to be tunes. We can't mix tunes and human. That's weird. <laughs> okay, yeah, that was 92. 
Uh, cool World's 92? Yeah. All right. Uh, and then before this, there was that Don Knotts film. Uh, oh, the, the Incredible Mr. Limpet. Yeah, where he turns into a fish. Uh, I like that movie. I love Don Knotts. Oh. But that does not have like the <laughs> the cartoons and the people interacting the same way like in this movie. That, that's what I was saying. So you, yeah. you have like the 2D. And then to bring where, it back together with the old Superman that used to animate him flying around. Yeah. Yeah. That looked bad, though. Yeah, it looked terrible. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, I can't think of any other live action car. Well, last action hero. There was a cat. There was a cat detective in the uh, in the police squad. I don't know when that came out. That was like ninety three. I like that movie a lot. Was it? <laughs> yeah, I think it was ninety three. Same. Yeah, same summer. It's, Jurassic it's, Park. Yeah, and it's the same kid from um, My Girl Two. That's right, Austin O'Brien. Look at that deep pool. You had a crush. <laughs> hey, man. I got a soft spot for Last Action Hero. I do not know why. I, dude, actually, yeah, I know. Yeah, 93. I know. Yeah, I, yeah, I don't know why I like that movie so much. Like, like he goes into the blockbuster, and he's like, and he's like, he's like, uh, he's, 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 he's like, you were in that movie, and he's like, no, he's great. He's talking about Sylvester Stallone, and he's like, he's like, look, he's like, he's like, I bet everybody's got a, a five 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 like uh, area. Code. And he's, he's yeah. like, he's like, he's like, how can you explain that? He, he goes over to the clerk, which is this fine ass girl, and he's like, hey. What's your phone number? She's like, it's 555. Five, five, da, 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 da. And he's like, he's, uh, Sword like, that was a great way to get a girl's number, though. And he's like, he was like writing it down. <laughs> and they got a great, like, mock up of Terminator 2. Oh, and it's Sylvester and Stallone. Stallone. And his eyes glowing and shit. It's so perfect. Oh, that he was is like, so he funny. was great in that. Oh, <laughs> uh, that was a good call. No, man, that's, I, that's a really cool movie. It is. It, that's an underappreciated one there. It really is. I, I I love when when he comes out of the theater and he goes out and he goes over to a car and like <laughs> and he like no 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 he like he like oh, breaks the window Arnold. Arnold and he's like oh he's like oh shit and he's like oh it actually hurt <laughs> oh but when he shoots the guy that that's like an uh, that's like an allusion to that woman in New York who was killed and nobody gave a shit yeah. he's like I've just killed a woman in cold blood it's like hey shut up down there <laughs> people are trying to sleep asshole. <laughs> He's just like, hmm, I like this world. He's like, you can, you can get away with anything in this fucking world. <laughs> I like that guy. Uh, Who's that guy? Charles Dance. Okay, yeah. He's, Game of Thrones. He's fame right now. Oh my God, you're right. That's the dude. Yeah. Wow. He's super creepy in that, and he's super creepy in that too. Yeah. He's, and we've talked about him on Alien 3. I, yeah. It was in Alien 3. He's the. Uh, the doctor that Sigourney Weaver bangs. That all that just came to like <laughs> to circle in my head. Anyways, back to Roger Rabbit. <laughs> you know, hey, if you're gonna get you go off into a last action hero tangent. Yo, we I can mean, do we, we, we don't talk about it. Have, have you had last action hero on here yet? No, we have not. Dun dun dun. Man. And then after that we do <laughs> jingle all the way. <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember that one? Yes. <laughs> I've only seen that a couple of times. I actually read the book. <laughs> oh, my God. There's a fucking book for Jingle All the Way? Fear of God fucking yeah. why? <laughs> it's pretty much the movie. That sounds terrible. I don't even remember the movie. They're after the rock. It's uh, Sinbad. <laughs> Sinbad. I can't even say that without laughing. It's Sinbad and Arnold Schwarzenegger. And then, like, uh, you know, and they're after a toy. What is the toy? It was... Um, Rocket, it was a um, rocket or Turbo Man or Turbo something? Man. Is that what it's it was? Turbo Man. Yeah, they're after the Turbo Man toy. So this this is after um, the uh, Elmo craze. So right. someone's like, okay, there were lines for a fucking toy. We could turn <laughs> that into a goddamn movie. And so, <laughs> and they they they. Who do we get? Arnold Schwarzenegger. Arnold Schwarzenegger, who who's going through a marital problems, right? And his son wants the Turbo Man doll, and there's no Turbo Man doll left in the world. Uh, you know, they can't find it. Oh, and then he gets it from the homeless guy, and it turns out to be a possessed... No, that's Child's Play. <laughs> oh. Yeah, yeah no, that's, that's a totally, totally 
better movie. But anyways, yeah. So it's him, him and Sinbad are fighting over the toy for their child, and he ends up Arnold ends up putting on the Turbo Man suit later on. Oh yeah, I remember that. <laughs> Doesn't he like fly around or something? He kind of flies around like because it's an actual jetpack, and he's like he's like I don't. And this at the end, the kid's like I don't need Turbo Man because my dad is Turbo Man. I <laughs> <laughs> and it's a Christmas movie. There's a scene with like a thirty or forty Santas running around. Okay, <laughs> we, we got to talk about something here. What what was up? A late. 80s, early 90s, was cinema just batshit crazy? (laughs) Let's use Roger Rabbit as an example. This movie is kind of nuts when you start to think about it. It's a it's a movie. It's marketed toward a child, right? Is it though? Because it's I mean every no, no, every it is. every it's, tune in it is drinking and like you know there's like sexual content. It's super gritty and there's murder and like and there's the, Jessica the, Rabbit. There's Jessica Rabbit. Her giant titties are out of her and they murder. They murder a clown shoe. Yeah, like I'm talking about like and the 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 death scenes and everything. They're they're fucking dark. Like on the level of Return to Oz dark. This film would never be being made today. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, it's like holy shit. This 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 film actually has some nightmare aspect to it. Yeah, like, it does. There, there's some actual scary shit in this movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know, you can get away with being more violent to cartoons than you can to humans. Why is it that Christopher Lloyd just gets carte blanche to fucking carry out sentence and murder a two? <laughs> like it just like it is like you know, dude's a cop. You know, like I mean, think about how many times <laughs> Roadrunner and Coyote like. Cody died in every episode. No, but he didn't <laughs> die. You can hold Roger Rabbit underwater and like let him dr- he won't drown. You can do all this crazy shit right, but if you melt these motherfuckers in acid, they just become like residue on your glove. He just straight up murders things. And yeah, it, it is it is a little <laughs> horrifying to, to watch a cute cartoon character get liquefied on screen. I, and I, and I it's totally you. scared and shaking the whole time. Like, yeah. <laughs> No, I'm with you. But yet again, Lex Luthor straight up, like, you know, like pushes a dude in front of a train. Like, you know, it's the same thing, but this one's slow. Yeah, th- this is this is a little a little different, and and especially Christopher Lloyd when he gets a little nuts at the end. Dude, he gets his like the high pitched voice and his eyes and all the dude, like the buzz saw. I remember clearly like ducking oh, in dude, the theater. I, I had forgotten I about that. that. That is so freaking cool. Like that. That's where they're like leaning into the. 3D, 2D thing. Oh, yeah. Which they really play on at the beginning, uh, like when uh, you've got um, Daffy Duck and Donald Duck have this, like... Uh, oh, the this, piano? This piano battle, battle. where they're, they're talking shit to each other back and forth. I've worked with a lot of wise clackers, but you are despicable. Don, don, This is the last time I work with someone with a speech impediment. This means war. Uh, you know, well, you know <laughs> about like speech like impediments, mortal enemies. Well, yeah, but the thing is, they're making fun of speech impediments and all this other shit, which that would not fly today. <laughs> like, you well, know. yeah, you used to can make fun of more stuff. <laughs> yeah, but the, they do this really cool, like moving the camera, and so you get like a three D kind of view of the two D around that, like the cut to up on stage, and you see them come at the camera, and then they move around when he gets like. Smashed in the piano. There's some really cool, like, camera stuff they did with the animation, which is super neat. Yeah, it was definitely well thought out in the photography. Oh, dude, I can't even imagine. Dean Cundy, man. Great cinematographer. Wait, who, did, uh... who are the writers? <laughs> <laughs> we'll get the writers I'm in sorry, yeah, yeah. He, what, what did Dean Cundy do? Uh, dude, uh, Jurassic Park. Back to the Future. Um, okay, Zemeckis. Halloween. Gotcha. He, did, uh, he, he started with uh, Carpenter. Did all those early Carpenter flicks. Um from pretty much Halloween up into Big Trouble in Little China. 
And then really? He, yeah, and then he did a bunch of Zemeckis movies, and then he did um, Jurassic Park for Spielberg. Did, did, did he shoot Howard the Duck? Because that no. would be the trifecta. No, no, he did not shoot Howard the Duck. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I do like, uh, it's a nice neo-noir. Like, it's not as good as something like Chinatown, but you understand, like, the style. Right. Also kind of keeping it a little light, not too dark. You know, like they play with their lights a little bit and they don't they don't go just film noir with it. I guess right. is what I'm saying. It's not just black shadows all the time. There's, there's certainly those scenes where like he's investigating in that alleyway where yeah. it's like very like this is film noir right. or the club where it's like, oh, this is like, you Why know, don't you do right? 40s or like even <laughs> even the bar. There's some scenes like even in Toontown, you can see the difference when they're trying to play something for laughs. Right. You know, and then you get those film noir moments. Dude, driving into Toontown's like a fucking trip on acid. Like. Oh, dude, that is the cra- <laughs> you know that the whole thing was almost just Bob Haskins. Um, you know, we should really call this guy out because the reason this movie works is because of him. Oh, dude, he's a badass. Like, you cannot judge him from Teenage Mutant. I mean, sorry. Uh, <laughs> Super Mario. Super Mario Brothers. You cannot judge him on that. Okay, guys? Nobody's seen it. Don't worry about it. <laughs> I actually just rewatched that, like, a month ago. No, it does not. That doesn't, uh, it was so terrible, yeah. man. That but, doesn't mean anybody else did. <laughs> he is, uh, he's, yeah, that's very true. But he, he's so good, man. Like, I mean. He's great. Yeah, you go back and watch the the footage without any of the animation. Man, he is doing so much of this himself, like throwing his own body weight into the performance. Yeah. Like, just moving. Being pulled around and all that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. totally. Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, yeah, like, you have people come over, like, pinch his cheeks, you know, and things like that to get those effects of uh, tunes interacting with him. But when he's holding a character, that's an actor giving a performance with nothing there. Right. Remembering where his eyeline is, remembering like where the character is and how close it is to his face and looks away and goes back to that same eyeline. See, that was my question. Like, How the, the fuck do you do that? I was watching his eyeline when Jessica Rabbit was like taunting him and like, you know, kind of seducing him. And the way his eyeline was following her around, that's what I was thinking. Is this someone that they're painting out? Like, is there actually a person acting off of him that they're painting out there are there are in some circumstances but most of the entire film is just him and nobody else like all that stuff with him running around with in the cab that's literally just bob haskins acting with nobody else present (laughs) on a little go-kart i love that like when he's in the car and basically the steering wheel is just like out in front of him and it's like (laughs) it's on like a rope or whatever I i was imagining him just actually holding a ring and, you know, this is kind of tethered to something. And he's just kind of like, it's so awkward and weird looking you know, driving in that car, but it, it works. It does work, man. It works really well. Yeah, it's, yeah. Again, a technical marvel, man. The story is a pretty much repurposed version of Chinatown. It, the story isn't the... <laughs> I wish the story w- w- had been more, but it it, it uh, it's very really? simple. Yeah, I, man, I think it's I think it's pretty complex though. I mean, especially for a movie like you're trying to aim for kids and adults, it is pretty complicated. <laughs> like the whole reason people are getting hired for one thing, it's really just a ruse, you know, so we can get this will. And then you have all this stuff with the red line getting bought out by Cloverleaf and right. all of that going on. When you're a kid and you're watching it, it is a little confusing. Oh, there's a lot of shit that goes on. And, you know, of course, Roger has the damn wheel the whole time. Oh, well, who else would have it? <laughs> I know, right? And this is our first time talking about Robert Zemeckis. Is this the first Zemeckis film? This is the first Robert Zemeckis flick, man. Wow. I haven't even done Back to the Future yet. 
Yeah. I know we were talking about that earlier. <laughs> well, th- yeah, this is this is his follow up to Back to the Future. So and I mean, should have three Back years last year. <laughs> <laughs> three years in between these movies uh, tells you a little bit about like you know how long it this film took to make. Because I've always liked him as a filmmaker. Oh yeah, man. You know, it, it's uh, Spielberg's protege, kind of. You know, he well he's. I guess he was part of the, like, the film brats, like the George Lucas, um, John Mills, Coppola, Spielberg and Scorsese group, De Palma, that came up in the, in the 70s. He was the whippersnapper that came behind. Yeah, he was a little... He was, he was riding their coattails. In terms of time. He did really well by having them as friends. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's really talented, though, too. Oh, like, no, man, he did amazing films. But just watching him on set with the actors, and like just even the extras, and like just how he gives them direction, and how it's just so quick... He's very precise. He knows what he wants. Um, you know, he's got a script for uh, Roger Rabbit too. I, you know, I've been hearing about that. Yeah, I just can't get it off the ground. But maybe now, and, and, he, and I think it involves a ghost, Bob Hoskins. Well, he's dead now. That's what I'm saying. They, they were going to do him digitally. Oh no! I, I know. I know you're getting that, Brian. <laughs> I don't mean to bring that up and get you upset. Well, I know, but that's what I'm saying. Like, man, like he made this movie in, like, in, in his script. It, it, he uh, they bring back Eddie as a ghost. He pops up as a ghost tune uh, to uh, and helps out Roger. I don't know if I like that. <laughs> it's a megas, you know. Whatever. Yeah. I'll, I'll I won't judge. I'll just watch it. He tends to make fun movies. Yeah. You know, I haven't seen Flight or the Walk though. I haven't I seen those two. Haven't seen that one. I've seen everything else he did. Wait, Flight. Yeah, yeah, flight. I watched that one. It's good. It was that good. Yeah, it's worth watching. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you give me the look. I'm Brian. hearing. I'm hearing. You give it's me good. the look. I'm just telling you. I'm hearing it's good. <laughs> I, I, I saw it was on the Netflix. It was better than Flight ninety three. I'll tell you that. Flight United ninety three. United ninety three. Yeah, that's Paul Greengrass. Yeah, dude, get out of here. That was, that's a masterpiece. <laughs> Are you serious? You don't. You didn't like that movie. It's just too heavy, man. Yeah, yeah. It is too heavy. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm, I'm, with you. I'm with you. But it's well made, man. I know. It's, it's a well made movie. It's well made. Oh, it's kind it's of so a heavy, heavy subject. It really, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. So maybe this was like, man. I mean, it's crazy. definitely way better than Nicolas Cage's World Trade Center. That was. I thought you were about to say Con Air's like, drop the bunny. <laughs> put the bunny in oh, the basket. Put, put the bunny. Or in the box. Whatever. What the fuck? Wherever you put, put the bunny. Put, put the bunny down. Just do something with the bunny. <laughs> Have you noticed my really badass mullet? You know, it'd be great if we could just, you know, make up our own trivia and just be like, yeah, you know, that, that same bunny was also a cartoon uh, oh, version of Roger Rabbit. And in the second one, you find out that Bugs Bunny is Roger Rabbit's dad. No, seriously, that, that's what Zemeckis had. What? No. Yes, I swear. No, you're making that up. I'm not making it up. <laughs> Are you serious? That sounds Ryan, terrible. you got the oracle of Google right in front of you. You can fucking look it up, oh, I'm telling you. I actually kind of like that idea. Yeah, it makes sense, man. What I what I want to say I can't so it's won't. Why you don't like you don't like you can always edit yourself yeah, out. You no, edit I, I want to hear what you got to say. No, I just like I don't know. It's like what happened to Bugs Bunny? Bugs Bunny is like I got this retarded son over here. <laughs> <laughs> That's the reason no one knew. <laughs> Bugs Bunny's like. I don't want to be a dad. Be He's dad. Like, but. Really disappointed. Yeah, uh, you know Hollywood. <laughs> A lot of our favorite hey. heroes have become deadbeat dads recently, so... Oh. Hey, go away, Doc. Uh, let's the, see. You know, Bugs Bunny makes an appearance in, in this one, so... Yeah. Superman, Indiana yeah. Jones. He's kind of an asshole. Bugs Bunny. Bugs Bunny's always kind of... He's, well, no. You know who the asshole in this movie is? It's fucking Tweety Bird. Oh, that's right. All out of pity. Like, like, all out of pity. <laughs> what the fuck... 
Tweety Bird, you're a dick. Oh, dude, Tweety Bird's such a dick. Just like straight up, like, you know what? I feel like murdering this guy because he landed on uh, this pole where my nest was. Yeah, he's like, look. Yeah. <laughs> I've never liked Tweety Bird. Ain't I a stinker? <laughs> the best joke of the movie is uh, the, the one that I got myself laughing so much. It's at the end when uh, the guy puts his hand down uh, uh, Jessica Rabbit's shirt, grabs her blouse right at the front of her breasts, and pulls her forward, and, and like a trap comes out. The whatever. booby trap. The booby trap. He's like, yeah. he's like, I'm glad you had that booby trap. <laughs> I was like, ah. I, mean, I don't know why, but I was I was dying laughing every time like you heard her boobs make a sound. <laughs> Because <laughs> the sound effect for her boobs is just, it's so ridiculous. And there are parts where, like, characters' faces will get stuck on them. Right. And then they'll get jerked away. And they'll go, like, <laughs> <laughs> it's like, holy, like, God. That would be one of the best things about being a cartoon is that every part of your body has a sound effect. Yeah. Including your dick. Doing. <laughs> what's that movie? Uh, you see, what, what's that movie with uh, Gary Shandling where he's a. Uh, an alien? an alien and his dick vibrates. What whoa, planet whoa, whoa. are you from? Or something yeah, what like planet that? are you from? He comes down to, to mate and his dick vibrates. Oh. I miss Gary Shanley. Oh, yeah, he was great. Yeah. <sighs> Brian, can you roll the trailer? All right. We're at that point. <laughs> this is a trailer for Who Framed Roger Rabbit. <laughs> Mommy's going to the beauty parlor, darling. But I'm leaving you with your favorite friend, Roger. He's going to take very, very good care of you. Because if he doesn't, he's going back to the science lab. What the hell is wrong with that tank? Nothing with you, baby Herman. You were great. You were perfect. You were better than perfect. This is Roger. He keeps blowing his lines. Roger. What's this? A tweeting bird? Tweeting bird? Roger, read the script. Look what it says. It says rabbit gets clunked. Rabbit sees stars. Not birds. Stars! Can we lose the playback, please? You're killing me. Killing me. But crying out loud, Roger. How the hell many times do we have to do this damn scene? Raul, I'll be in my trailer. Taking a nap! Excuse me, Please, what? Raul! I can give you stars! Just drop the refrigerator in my head one more time! Roger, I dropped it on your head 23 times already! I can take it! Don't worry about me! I'm not worried about you! I'm worried about the refrigerator! This is the tale of an up-and-coming movie star named Roger Rabbit. And a down-and-out private detective... And stay out! ...named Eddie Valiant. Booga booga! Every moment they were together... Ah! There's a new adventure in trouble. Find me, Eddie! Please! It's a motion picture about friendship. Please, Eddie! Don't tell me how you're making a big mistake! Love. <laughs> Compassion. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry I yanked your ears. All the time you yanked my ears? Murder. Marvin Acme. A rabbit cacked him last night. Remember, you never saw me. Sex. I do. Anything for my husband, Mr. Valiant. Anything. And violence. Tunes gets him every time. You wouldn't have any idea where the rabbit might be? Got a thing for rabbits, huh? The whole thing stinks like yesterday's diapers. It's a comedy a little different from all the rest. 
I'm a pig! I'm a tomb! I'm not bad. I'm just drawn that way. But tell me, Eddie, is that a rabbit in your pocket or you're just happy to see me? Touchstone Pictures and Steven Spielberg present a Robert Zemeckis film. We tombs may act idiotic, but we're not stupid. Who framed Roger Rabbit? Bring us back in from the trailer, Brian. I think they did, man. <laughs> We're back. No, I will say that trailer, um, I thought it was really slow at the beginning, and it was kind of long. It was like, damn, are we just going to give this whole scene? But once it picked up, it really, it does feel nice. It actually, like, wow, it made me want to see the movie again. Yeah, it doesn't, it didn't feel as kiddy as I remember it. No, you know? uh, yeah, yeah, it's totally, uh, it's, a, it's a solid trailer. Like I said, it's a little long at the beginning. It feels like, like all right, really? We're just gonna it's an 80s sit? trailer. Kind of like the first Batman trailer, you know? Yeah. <laughs> but, well, the one with Michael Keaton. <laughs> where, we, where we see more than just the Batman, you know, logo. Yes. Yeah, more than just... <laughs> and it's just like highlights from the movie. Here goes this scene right here. Right. Where does he get those wonderful toys? <laughs> this was kind of done that way. It's nice, though. We don't get a lot of Roger Rabbit, but uh, it, it totally sets up the world. You know, do you think that's because Roger Rabbit's annoying, though? You know, I think I was thinking that the whole time. Maybe we're not getting his voice because he's so fucking annoying. He's kind of annoying. He's like early Jar Jar. <laughs> <laughs> that's where he got the idea. He saw this and he was like, we're making the prequels. Help a Misa, Eddie! <laughs> we're still gonna die! <laughs> oh, no, man. It sort of is the same voice. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh. The worst fan film ever made. Jar Jar meets Roger Rabbit. <laughs> no, there's like a buddy cop thing. <laughs> oh, dude, we've got to do that. Oh, man, that sounds terrible. Oh, just great everybody. Come on, Jar Jar! Mitsu, what's what? As long as Vader just kills them both at the end. Oh, that's how it is. <laughs> oh, I my think gosh. we found the villain. <laughs> it ends just like Rogue One. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, they're both Disney properties. That's true. Yeah, no, uh, dude, I saw the new Wreck It Ralph uh, trailer. Yeah, how was that? Yeah, it's got Star Wars in it. Really? Yeah, we're in a different world, gentlemen. Yeah, we are. <laughs> <laughs> there's some, there's some Marvel in there as well. There was an Iron Man hand, and now we can take all these properties and just put them together in a, in a movie, and it's no big deal. But when Roger Rabbit came out, this was a big deal. It was a major deal. What did you guys think about the opening uh, cartoon? I think the opening cartoon was really cool. It totally set the tone. And it, it, it without that scene, the rest of the movie doesn't make sense. This is kind of like, this is we're giving you the rules of our world. Oh, yeah, yeah. I see what you're saying. Like The, the tunes, the, it's, they're it's, not dying. They're just right. going to get their ass kicked a, a million times. It's a perfect setup to give you the rules of, uh, unlike, <laughs> unlike Ready Player One, where we like, okay, this is our world and this is the rules. <laughs> and this one, the opening scene is, this is our world and this is the rules and we, we're going to give it to you by letting you experience it. Yeah, and it's a nice, nice way where it gets you into the cartoon. And in a typical cartoon, and when they do the cut, like you talked about right. earlier, you have Joel Silver come out playing the director, and he's just <laughs> yelling at Roger. He's like, oh, what, what are these, Tweety Birds? We asked for, you do not read the script, the script says stars. We asked for stars. Well, I can do stars. <laughs> Give me another chance. <laughs> he's like, we've been giving you 27 chances. They're all talking like old school. <laughs> I'm worried about the fridge, Roger. I just to say that. <laughs> it's so good, man. Oh, man. I, I do like all the dialogue of the oh, film. Did you it's notice well that the name of the oven is hella hot? Or like no, it, it's if you look at it, it's like it's like uh, 
hell of a hot or hot, hotter than hell. Was the name of the, the is the, the name of the oven, oven brand? You know, like that's the that's the brand of the oven. And then like and they gets to volcano level. Oh yeah, I, I, yeah, I, do, I do like that volcano heat. And you know, Roger cannot get a fucking break, man. He's like he's like ah, and he, and like, every time he gets things, he's just it's, it's just figures it out. And next thing, there's a bunch of fucking knives flying at his head. Yeah, it's nice. It's very Looney Tunes. And I and I really love how the baby. God, you can't fucking get this right. And all you've been doing is climbing up some. Ah, you know, like how many times? <laughs> what an asshole! That baby's a dick. <laughs> Smoking cigars, looking up skirts. Dicks. <laughs> oh man! Can you call babies dicks? Oh man! In, in this day and age, you can shoot a baby, you can punch a baby. If you've seen a, a, a Siberian film, you can do a lot of things to a baby. Oh, and, oh wow! Dude, wow! You, you went really dark there. Have you ever seen quick. that movie? Yeah. Oh my god! Uh, anyways, uh, ooh. <laughs> and uh, have you seen uh, Book of Mormon? No, I have Don't not. Don't fuck a baby. Uh, anyways, I have <laughs> it's in there. Anyways, uh, yeah. So, can yeah. babies smoke? In uh, this movie, they can. Yeah. Well, in this one, but I mean, would that would that fly? I, that would not fly today. I don't know, man. I don't think. I think I, it works because he, he talks about he's like you know I'm a what's the line? He's like got a fifty. Oh yeah, I got a fifty year old lust and a three year old dinky. I got a fifty year old lust and a three year old dinky. You know. <laughs> No, it's it's, it's good. I mean, it's You'd just, be angry too, Brian. This would not fly today. Not it's, fly. It's it's like it's like in an interview with a vampire, Claudia. They make her a vampire when she's like ten or twelve or whatever, and she can never really. She's a woman, but she's in a child's body. Yeah, and she's still like giving Brad Pitt the eyes. Yeah, she's like, come on, man, I'm fucking, I'm fucking hundred years old. Please get over here, and get on this ass. I'm using my fucking goddamn it. He's like, look, you still look like a kid. I'm sorry. It's just it just feels wrong. He's like, look, my goddamn it, I'm hundred years old. <laughs> it's just when we turn you. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> He's not doing it for me. So she's like, you know, so basically she's so sexually frustrated, she fucking ruins everything. Oh, speaking of characters that uh, have problems, <laughs> uh, we, we meet our main detective, Eddie, uh, Eddie Valent, who uh, used to be the friend to the tunes. We, we, he if was. you had a tune problem, he was the guy to go to. He's got a drinking problem now, dude. Uh, what the name Eddie Valiant? I mean, yeah. well, you know, he wouldn't he, want to go to him. His partner was killed by a tune. His brother. His, bro- his brother, yeah. yeah. And he actually, you know, they dropped, dropped a piano on him or whatever and, <laughs> and broke, it broke his arm, so killed ridiculous. his brother. And, you know, it basically he's like, fuck tunes. That's how a tune would kill somebody. Yeah. And not like, like tune porn. He was like, instead of like not fuck tunes, but like fuck tunes. That's more now that would have been an interesting like little side <laughs> twist in the movie as they go over to like the porn edge. Oh, you know, like the hentai section. <laughs> I'm just like, I've had some bad times lately. I've had to go over to the hentai section. <laughs> that octopus Where's was Jessica crazy. been working? <gasps> <gasps> patty cake, patty cake. Uh, yeah, patty cake is a little, that's a little disturbing. No, I love that section because. They do a really cool thing, but instead of showing you, actually, I think it's really cool when um, when Eddie's like taking the photos, he's kind of getting off on it. He's like, oh, "This is kind of fucking." You playing patty cake? <laughs> I like how when Roger's looking at the photos, he's flipping through them, and it, it kind of like makes oh a yeah, movie. and it kind of shows you how cartoons are made. So they're giving you a little bit of the. Oh, he totally does the little the flip, the flip book. book, flip book thing, yeah, yeah. So that that's kind of like showing you the the birth of cartoons in, yeah. in in that. So there's little little animation nods, like I may be reaching here, but uh, it feels that way. To me. No, no, they, they they throw little nods. I think throughout. I, I think that's cool. There's yeah. there's a lot of attention to detail and stuff like that. Yeah, they even throw out a, a Jimmy Stewart um, Harvey reference. 
uh, in the movie. You know, and it's just like, what? That's in, that's just crazy. What do you mean? Where? Um, that's the scene when um, Judge uh, first shows up in the bar, and he's doing the. Uh, Oh, shave and a haircut. He's like, tunes can resist this. That's right. He's like tapping it on the wall. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Two bits. Yeah. <laughs> when he, when he, that, the first guy that he thinks is going to turn the rabbit in, that guy is, is like, oh, yeah. Haven't you met my buddy, Harvey? Yeah. He's, and like, he's grabbing no one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Jimmy Stewart and Harvey he saw a, a rabbit. Oh, you're right. I didn't, ca- I didn't, I didn't put that together. Yeah. No, that's brilliant. Yeah. I love they, that. They throw little references constantly into that. That's awesome. Into the film, um, just the film noir, like the elements, man, uh, coming through with like um, Maroon getting Valent to get the pictures, get the dirt on Rogers, uh, right. uh, his wife's affair that he knows is going on. She's cheating on the rabbit or playing patty cake, I should say. <laughs> patty cake with uh, patty cake. Uh, what, what, what's Acme's name? Was it Marvin Acme? Yeah. Well, of course, he, and, you know, from the Warner Brothers, uh, he, he's, the, he's the character that makes all those uh, ridiculous um, bombs and pianos and uh, <laughs> iron weights. The Acme Company, where you get everything badass. It doesn't I, work well. <laughs> I have a collection of bricks at my house. See, uh, my, my family, uh, they for some reason, they like to buy old houses, fix them up, and then keep them and then rent them out. So I've been around this building my entire life. And around here, there, a lot of these houses were built with bricks from the Acme Brick Company. I've seen those. And I actually have a collection of bricks that say, and the only reason I even collect them is because of fucking Looney Tunes, but it says Acme Brick Company. I was like, <laughs> that's funny. And I just <laughs> have a collection. These are the shittiest bricks ever. <laughs> if, if I want these to fall on someone's head, it's going to be awesome. <laughs> But in real life, I'd probably kill them. But I was like, they're like, what are you doing? I was like, I thought it'd be funny. They're from the Acme Brick Company. They're supposed to bounce off. Oh, never walking in through your front door. You should come over later. <laughs> Bricks we'll watch, on the head. We'll watch those Looney Tunes episodes that are banned. So when was the first time you saw this movie? Yeah, we haven't gone through that yet. I saw this in the theater. You did? Yeah. Wow. My uncle took me this. What year did this come out? Uh, idiot, and you? Where did you see it? At? I was four years old when this movie came out, so I didn't see this until years later when it's probably on HBO. You know, four by three. Yeah, yeah. I think we rented it like right when it came out on video. I I, I do remember. Uh, I I own this on VHS. This was a uh, one that was put in quite so, a bit. So you were like six or seven when you saw this? In yeah, the, in the theater. And you yeah. do you remember that? Uh, yeah, I remember. Well, wow. We showed up late. I'm actually when I saw this in the theater. That's I missed, why you remember it. You were like, "Cause I fuck, we didn't get the fucking beginning of a mom." Yeah, we missed the whole cartoon bit. <laughs> wow. Yeah, and so That's I never, crazy. I never saw that until we uh, we got it on VHS, and then it's like, oh wait, this starts with a whole cartoon thing, and oh, so this makes much more sense. Now. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, it didn't. I, I just went with it as a kid. You know, I really think a lot, I guess, or you know analyze the plot really or at all it was just more <laughs> like they're taking oh, notes yeah you're this like is six just years old funny and yeah notes and crayon exactly <laughs> you're like i don't know i'm gonna have to talk about this in 30 years <laughs> <laughs> but i mean you know looking back on it though it's just for a six-year-old to see this it you know it is a lot no that's what i'm saying there's some dark shit in this movie dude yeah this has some of the scariest like like i said next to return to oz which is I don't know if you guys have seen that movie. It's scary. There's some scary shit in that movie. Yeah. With v- Veruza Balk as uh, Dorothy. Dude, uh, that one actually did terrify me. No, I only saw that there, once. There's some scary shit in that movie. Yeah. The Wheelers and all this kind of stuff. It's like really dark. This one, Christopher Lloyd, like he gets ran over by a steamroller and then he like, the way he like peels oh. himself off the ground. And like, oh my 
fucking god, that's nightmare shit. The, the peeling <laughs> it didn't bother me. It's when he is screaming. He's like, ah! yes, while he's you getting run over. You know, that's a lot to take in as a child, dude. It dude. is a lot because it's and like his, his eyes are all spinning because red. you don't know he's a tune. They show the steamroller and he's like ah screaming for his life. And he's, <laughs> he's, like, he's writhing in pain. Yeah. <laughs> you're watching this, you're like, oh my god, I'm watching this. And as a kid, I thought no. that was hilarious. Really? Oh yeah. Oh man, it, it's I watched it last night again, and I was just like, this is super. It's weird how you see things in a different light when you watch it. You know, because like, I haven't seen it since I was a kid. And I was like, wow, this is some dark shit. Yeah. Man, I, just wanted, I remember being a kid and just thinking that scene was hilarious. That's why you write the things you do, Jeremy. <laughs> that may explain uh, <laughs> Girl in Woods and some other uh, like live animals. Okay, all right, this is starting to make sense here. Girl in Woods is available on Amazon Prime. <laughs> and iTunes. And iTunes. Anywhere you can get your VOD. <laughs> hey. So is live animals, too. <laughs> Leave a review and a comment. I'll send you a T-shirt. <laughs> Oh, no. The t-shirt again. Hey, man, seriously. Five-star review on Apple iTunes. Look, seriously, if you leave us a five-star review, that just helps other people find, you know, the show that you love, listening to us. If you leave a five-star review... Or that you like. Or that you tolerate. Either one of those. Look, if you're going to leave five stars, I'm going to assume that you love me. And I'm going to start following you and stalking you because you're going to be wearing the t-shirt that I send you. And that's how I'm going to track you. And it's his personal t-shirt. That's right. And he'll have a tracking device... On the inside, so I can find you later, because I love, I love our listeners. Low jacking our <laughs> listeners is that is that what, is that, is what you're doing here? It's how we're getting. It's called advanced analytics. <laughs> we love to know. We really want to know. You know what our listeners are into, so we can know how to market to you. Uh, we were talking about the shave and haircut scene. Did you guys get the shave and haircut bit? You know. I grew up with bah, bah, da, 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 and you always gah, gah. that that's just something that it feels like everybody knows. Uh, yeah, but I, I shave and haircut. Did you the words? Oh, I you never, didn't know the words to that? Yeah, no, I had no idea. Did you know the words to that? Yeah, really? Yeah, like weird. Okay, yeah. I lived in a cave. All right, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm annoyed. No, 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 that's totally like that's a where, where does more, it come from? It's, it's more of an English thing. It's more from the English side. I do believe it comes from Europe. Right? Am I wrong? I, I, I don't know. I just remember my dad telling I me I assumed that. it was a vaudeville thing. Could you open up the Google and type in shaving a haircut? No, this is something I actually tried to look into, and uh, I don't know. I refuse to believe that there's nothing on that. Dude, look, uh, I saw uh, some vaudeville origins. It sounds like a vaudeville thing. And that's that was it. Look, if you out there know anything more about the shave and the haircut well, I was, two bits. I, I was, was it a reference to like a Looney Tunes or a Disney thing? I could not find it. I could not find any of that. C-R-E-W-E at gmail.com. Let us know about... Shave and haircut two bits because we don't fucking know. Because yeah, it, seriously, it, it's 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 a standard. Listen, I'm gonna do this on the mic stand. You know, yeah. everybody knows that. Yeah, I know a lot of people that just knock on a door, and, do that. And actually, I was actually reading some stuff earlier about this film, and some people said that this is part of the hokey part of the film. But I think that's actually funny because no tune can can resist this. I think that's fucking funny. I think I remember seeing it on the Three Stooges. Oh, what, what? Like, what, what, I think the there was one of the one of those one of the episodes where they kind of sing through the whole thing. That makes th- a lot of sense. Vincent. I think they sing the lyrics in that episode. Okay, all right, that that would make a lot of sense. You know, especially like you know, fuck, it's three Stooges. That's like slapstick origins. <laughs> that's oh man, that's so good. Love the Three Stooges. Oh. In 1939, the same musical phrase was used in a tune called Shave and a Haircut Shampoo 
by Dan Shapiro. The yeah. six notes have remained the same, but over the years, the phrase has become known as shaving a haircut two bits, which amounts to 25 cents. So it originated in 1939. Shave and a haircut, shampoo. <laughs> that's Much, just, that's crazy. It's just stuck around that long. It's just one of those catchy little. It is used for both uh, melodically and rhythmically. For example, as a door knock. So it's related with door knocking. So, yeah. You know, when when knocking on doors became fashionable, dude, I know Brian's here because he always does the da, 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 and he waits for me to come back and go, I'm here. You know, <laughs> I was actually reading something that that's how you uh, you know in the in the 40s and 50s that's how you if you knew if and you were an apartment complex that's how you knew if your neighbor was American or a foreigner. So you go ba 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 and then and go, if you got the response they were American. Well, you know, because we don't we we don't open our doors for no foreigners around here. It was the 40s and 50s. What are you going to do? Well, I mean, even today, we ain't opening no doors for no foreigners. I used to do it on the horn. Oh, Brandon that's... would come outside before I'd leave the house, and I'd go, dun, 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 on the horn, and then he would yell, dun, dun. You know, and down in Mexico, it would be, ba, 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 and you'd go, ba, 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 ba. It's hard to do on a horn, though. <laughs> well, I mean, the Mexican <laughs> horns are really, like, you know, you can re- they're really sensitive. You can kind of, like, tap them in a certain way. Hey, what was the movie with the car horn like that? Well, I mean, I, I know it was, to bring it back to what movie is that? Well, to bring it back to cartoons, that, 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 that no. could be that. But you know, it's the Speedy Gonzalez thing yeah. to, bring, to bring it back to you know cartoons. Uh, yeah, but there's, there's a movie where there's a you know, car like, horn uh, that has that exact. Yeah, uh, Speedy Gonzalez and Pepe Lopez, <laughs> Slowpoke Rodriguez. <laughs> I just remember the the scene in uh, next movie when they're in the. Uh, they're in the white van, and they pull into a certain part of town, and the car drives around them, and it does the dun 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 And then Cheech is like, ah, oh, we're not dressed right. And then they turn the van into the I haven't seen those films in forever. I need to go back and rewatch those. Uh, the pitch Amazon joke Prime. in that scene is they're hilarious. They're all on Amazon Prime. No, they're not. Yes, they are. So if you want to watch any of the Cheech and Chong movies right now, log into Amazon Prime on your app. Oh, man. All right, okay, I'm going to have to do that. It's Dude, been a long time. And let me tell you right now. I never shop at Whole Foods, but with Amazon Prime right now, they've opened it up to Whole Foods. You get so many fucking discounts at Whole Foods because you're an Amazon Prime member because Amazon owns owns Whole Foods now. You can be a douchebag, too. (laughs) You can shop at Whole Foods... And feel okay about it because you're actually saving money. I like and that. E- even an extra 10%. I'm a, I'm a vegan and I can I can shop for less. I love it. Dude, well, I, it's I, all I, organic, right? It is all organic. But here's the deal I went and got, uh, let's see, I got uh, ribeyes. They're normally grass fed cows. They're, they're, it is grass fed, right? But they were like, it was like something like eight ninety nine a pound or something like that. It was something ridiculous for ribeyes. And then they had like uh, like sausages and stuff down for like three ninety nine a pound if you're an Amazon Prime member. How do you how do you put in your so you down all right so listen we're not sponsored by Amazon Prime but obviously we should be <laughs> <laughs> you download the Whole Foods app you log in with your Amazon Prime you know login shit and they give you your own QR code but I did notice that if you open the app a couple times it will change the QR code about every other time you open it so I don't know why it does that but anyways yeah and then when you go up to checkout you just scan your phone scanner on the front side this happened last week become a douchebag shop at whole foods amazonprime.com get your douchebag face on no seriously they do have some good stuff but fucking eight dollar gallon of milk 
I mean, come on, guys, really? <laughs> your your cat's good. That it ain't but that good. Their produce and meats and stuff are great, though. The rest of the shit's like, why is this twelve dollars? I get I get most of my meats from Costco. Like you, you can go get shit like at Kroger Costco. or Sainsbury's. I'm, I'm I'm gonna go all around the world. Okay, Publix, Albertsons, Kroger's, Sainsbury's, all that shit's the same. You can go there and you can get something. Like and you'll go get the same shit at Whole Foods and it's seriously fifty cents to a dollar more. The exact same thing. It's just because you're there for some what, reason. What about the farmers market? Oh, the farmers market's different because those are people like you know <clears throat> that's kind of like farmer table type stuff. You're you're dealing directly with the person who made it. So I I, I agree with paying five dollars a carton for eggs there, than going and getting that at uh you know at like a Whole Foods. Yeah, I really like the farmers market. Oh, dude, farmers market's yeah. where to go. Everybody should be going to the farmers market every week, man. Yeah, because seriously, dude, you can get some really great shit at your local farmers market. I thought they had good, good prices on meat. Dude, they have great <clears throat> like anything you can get local, man. I I completely support. That dude, except for Poncho's cheese dip, <laughs> that's the devil. <laughs> There's always a but, you know. Everybody here, uh, you know, uh, here in Memphis, we have a thing called Poncho's cheese dip, and it's finally getting out to uh, everywhere else in the nation. Uh, if you see it, you should try it. It's like, uh, it's like crack, it's like queso dip made from American cheese. I know it sounds disgusting, but it's phenomenal. So, think of American cheese with cumin, a little bit of like uh, you know, minced up rotel, <laughs> it's sexy. Sorry, get a little get a little off topic and goofy today on the Roger Rabbit podcast. Well, you know, if if we're gonna get off topic uh, and goofy, this is the one. Yeah, yeah, it fits in. Uh, if you cut any of this, Brian, I'm whipping your ass. <laughs> All right, noted. Uh, <laughs> I love you. Uh, we we need to talk about the Toontown segment and the uh, parts leading up to Toontown. It. Yeah, yeah. Well, he also gets the the gun out right before he goes into Toontown, and so explain explain that. some things to me. All right, there's no way to kill a tune. That's right, except for dip, which is which is scary as fuck. Yeah, it's, it's like a mixture of three things that uh, that Christopher Lloyd came up with. I don't remember them. But it makes this acetone, yeah, tarpentine, it's a, it's a thing that's in cocaine. Else. It's a thing that's in, fi- <laughs> in, in, in fingernail polish, acetone, and it's uh, a couple other things. It's like so paint f- removers. Yeah, it's so fucked up that it melts it's, tunes. Well, yeah, it's basically what whatever would just like strip the drawing off the paper, <laughs> right? But it can also be easily flushed away with water. It is water soluble because that's, that's how true. the end of the movie. Like how. And like you know, they're they're getting dropped down because they're hanging on the hook, and then you know, it, <laughs> and he he just magically turns on a fountain, washes it all away, and the and the day is saved. But what I'm saying is, he breaks out Yosemite Sam's revolver, and he loads it full of the racist bullets that have been in hibernation for five years. <laughs> well, we well, haven't well, seen you in oh, about five years. Well, well, most of them are cowboys. Only one of them's a racist. Yeah, boy. well, yeah, you got your you got your engine, your red man. <laughs> you know, <laughs> Indian, Indian. Did he say Indian? It, it, well, when he shoots or him out, or does he say chief? Chief, yeah. Oh, okay, all right. He does say chief. He doesn't say actually say Indian. But here's my question: that those like tune bullets, can they kill a tune, or is that like a phaser on stun in the Star Trek? No, movie? the only way you can kill a tune is with the tip. So, so why is he even carrying this gun? This ridiculous gun. I think they're like you know knock him out, and that way he could like apprehend the tune. I think it just fucks up some shit. Well, I mean, it does Fun look badass. <laughs> I would love to have this fucking revolver. Because apparently, like, tunes can only get out of handcuffs when it's funny. <laughs> no, I love the, the fuck out of that. <laughs> you mean to tell me you could have come out of this the whole time? You know? <laughs> <laughs> only when it's funny. <laughs> no, I, I, I like the logic. Um, no, it's great. No, the problem I have with the gun, though, I, I guess this is like a, a kind of hang-up 
I had when I was a kid and then saw it, but it seems like he opens a gun, right? Yeah. Uh, well, he's got a box. The gun's in a box, right? Well, it was, it's, it's it was, a tune gun. It was a gift to him from Yosemite Sam. Yeah. If you read the plate. That's right. And he's not, he hasn't been in Toontown in a really long time. Five years. Yeah. He's super scared of it. And, all, you know, all the bullets jump into his gun. And they're like, oh, man. Uh. They're, so, they're very excited. Yeah. And they all know him. They're like, man, where you been? It's been so long. Oh, my gosh. And they're waking up from their nap. And they know Eddie. Right. He shoots them off. And he doesn't wait for them to come back. I know. And they just... Where did I was go? wondering about that. He just he, leaves. Them. He shot the guy off, and then I was like waiting for it because I was thinking, okay, cool. So he knows him. So it's it's going to be like a boomerang. It's going to come back and load back into the gun, right? You're not waiting for your friend. No man left He's behind, like, Eddie. Come yeah. on, you dick. Eddie's a fucking asshole. He's like, fuck you. I haven't seen you in five years. <laughs> Eddie should have slept it a little bit off. He's like, ah. Oh. I'm drinking that whiskey way too much, man. Well, he's, you know, he's an alcoholic dick in this movie. Yeah, well, apparently he reeks of alcohol, which is a good smell. Mm, it reminds me of my grandmother. And myself. Only on the weekends, Brian, and when I'm not working. Yeah, I, I always hated that he never got the bullets so they never came back to him. That always no, that really bothered me as a kid. The funny thing is you brought it up. I thought about that earlier when I was watching. I was like, wow. Because they, they talk like they know him, but then he just fucking like, he fucks off. He's like, all right, I shot you into the air. Yeah, even when he goes into Toontown, it's like everybody knows him. Like, even those fucking birds are like, hey, Eddie. Like, yeah. everybody's saying hello to this guy. Hey, Eddie, it's been a while, Eddie. Hey, Eddie. Yeah, and then actually he, he shoots his gun out, and then he's he's like fucking like, he, like he's in face-off or something, or the Matrix. He just like tosses it off the side like there's going to be another one of those motherfuckers. That was a gift. And those bullets were your friends, Eddie. <laughs> Yeah, I always kind of had a little bit of a problem because, like, he sees Yosemite Sam earlier in the movie when he, like, gets his uh, <laughs> his biscuits are burning. He, oh, my biscuits are burning. He flies into the scene. Oh, that's a that's brilliant. Yeah. yeah, and he doesn't even recognize, doesn't even say anything which, to him. I always kind of hated that. Which makes me, th- which makes me want to bring this up. Like, I keep bringing up Ready Player One because it's the closest thing to this that we've exactly. had. Yeah. But I really like the way they use the characters in this more than they did Ready Player One because Ready Player One, it seems like the characters were more, more background and these characters, we, I feel like we got more more nostalgia out of them. I don't, I, am I wrong? Is it just feel well, it's, like... It's, it's, I just feel like this is kind of the first time that this happened. You know, this is the first time we've had like the meetings of the two worlds, like the Marvel and the DC or like difference Star Wars and Star Trek and... Yosemite Sam flying into the scene having a little moment, breaking the tension from what's happening, than just having RoboCop walk through the scene. Yeah, no, you're right. You know what I mean? I just feel like they utilize the characters a lot more. Having Daffy Duck and Because most people miss RoboCop, though, and you're not going to miss Yosemite Salmon. You know, like when he comes over and his biscuits are burning, like he's got a line. <laughs> Robocop doesn't even say anything. Robocop just, walks just through the scene. Yeah, it's different. You know, and it's like, you know, you have the DeLorean and it's like, that's a cool callback, but it's a car. It doesn't say anything. It's not a character. It's not Kit. Yeah. Now, these are characters that our main supporting cast is, you know, the main and supporting cast are all interacting with. I don't know. It does mean more. It does. It feels like they utilize the intellectual property better in this I think they're just different kinds of movies. Jeremy, in, in Ready no, Player yeah. One, you, 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 could, you could, like, fuck Catwoman if you wanted to. And they didn't do that. I know you, you wanted, wanted Catwoman porn? If you could put the goggles on and fuck Catwoman, wouldn't you? It depends on the Catwoman. But oh, that's interesting. Yeah, I'd probably be at the Pornhub the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, that could have utilized... I'd be down with any Catwoman. <laughs> Eartha Kitt? I wouldn't ki- Yeah, I wouldn't kick any Catwoman oh, out of there. Oh, wow, Batman. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ca- 
cat, all cat women are welcome. Uh, who, who was who was the Jeremy? Pfeiffer? We've looked all over the uh, oasis for you. We haven't found you. Uh, you got to go over to the hub. <laughs> the the, to the hub. I love that. It's like, where have you been all day, man? I just cannot get past the hub. I've been trying to. I've been trying to like beat that one <laughs> for the past like two years. I'm sure the secrets are there, I'm buddy. I'm trying to get the high score at the hub, but it's not happening. It's right next to the cat house. <laughs> you're not in the dog house, but you're in the cat house. And it's full of cat women. Oh. Jared, Melissa Tomei's at the hub. Come over. <laughs> oh, she fucked. Oh, dude. <laughs> no, you'd be there. It's romantic. Okay, like, for real. How, how, how confusing is Jessica Rabbit, though? For real, though. That, that's confusing. You know, I was thinking in my head that Did you that never actually got, duration? That you never got to see her right eye. But there's a scene when they actually get in the oh, car yeah, yeah. And, and the hair blows back and you finally get to see her whole face. And I'm like, yeah, <laughs> she's still hot. <laughs> Even if she doesn't have to be an emo bitch and cover that other eye. You know, they, they, all the emo girls got to cover that one eye. When she's not being emo, man, she's still fine. Jessica Rabbit, fine, y'all. Yeah, <laughs> Jessica Rabbit is. Yeah, it's it, it's yeah, it's weird. I mean, it's it's weird. It's, it's weird how her breasts like stick forward, and her waist is ridiculously. It's kind of like it's like that's giving a false perception. Why for women. is she so fine? Yeah, that's very true. Why don't you do right, <laughs> man? Oh, she leaves an impression, y'all. Yeah, she's not bad. And it's Kathleen Turner she who really turned it on the sex. And yes, it is. I mean, dude, she's she was at the top of her game. They could have not picked a better actress to play that role. I totally agree. Yeah, I mean, she's like really good. I know her voice is all fucked up now, but like, damn, she's sexy in this role, y'all. Yeah, no, her voice she, is perfect. And like, even the, the animation's not super great. Like if you think of like what animation is to now, and like it's kind of jumpy and all that, but for some reason she brings the sex appeal out of this character. And earlier today, J- uh, Jeremy and I were looking at uh, cosplay, and apparently Jessica Rabbit cosplay is yes. fucking amazing. The guys, listen, guys, th- it's this up is there going with out. Uh, 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 Slave Leia. You don't even have to type in Jessica Rabbit cosplay. Go to Google right now. Type in Jessica Rabbit and just hit images. Go down about, you know, you're going to get the first, like, 10 or 15. After that, you will start seeing some of the most amazing red-headed, big-breasted women you have ever seen. And they're In all covering... very tight red dresses. Yeah, covering their right eye. Well, but every know. now and then, you get to see that right eye. And you know, the, play, right? You know, that, that right eye, when, they, when, when Jessica Rabbit is showing you her right eye, it's, it's on. on. It's like, man, <laughs> like, dude, she's like, Niagara Falls Frankie. You know, <laughs> oh, oh! Look at you bringing it back to Marilyn Monroe. I like that. I like that. <laughs> oh, and a film noir. Oh, it all comes back to Niagara. Look at that. Boom, bringing it back around. But anyways, Jessica Rabbit's sexy as fuck. The movie is on tone. I think tone is a big thing with movies. The movie actually has it. It, it hits its tone. Personally, I, I, I do have a problem with how it goes back and forth between the noir and the cartoon element sometimes. Like, but that's the point of it. I, I, it. It is, but... Do you think they meant it to be more noir and then just once the studios are like, oh, all these characters, we got to brighten this stuff up? No, I think, no. Zemeckis is very, like... He had final cut on this. Okay, he this did. Was, that yeah. was that's what's badass. Yeah, it's, it's he, whatever he wanted. Win. He actually fought Disney on this, and that's why uh, Roger Rabbit is not a Walt Disney presents. It's a Touchstone Picture presents, right? Because he was like, "Look, I'm not changing a fucking frame," and that's what he said to fucking Eisner, bro. 
probably the most powerful head of Disney that has existed totally. since Walt Disney himself. Yep. You know, Bob, I could suck a dick. Yeah. He had Final <laughs> Cut, and on top of that, he had Spielberg, who produced it, in his in his corner saying, no, no, this and guy's Spielberg's right. like, I did Jaws, motherfucker. <laughs> and Close Encounters of the Third Kind. And Indiana Jones. 1941. He'd done a shit ton of movies by 88. He had done so many box office smashes. The guy was made. Like, at that time, he was... Equal to like Disney, yeah, yeah. He was equal to like, yeah, Disney. no, yeah, for real. Amblin Entertainment was a brand that was just as powerful in the eighties, if not more so in the eighties than Disney was, because you know Disney was shit in the eighties. Yeah, I don't know how true and not like how much I want to prop up like Roger Rabbit and what Disney did later with their Disney Renaissance and like how Disney um, really just got things in the animation department really going off the ground kind of the year after with Little Mermaid with, and then Aladdin and the Lion King and all those. You mean the classic lights. Disney era? Yeah. <laughs> when well, they're releasing, they can't fucking well, go second, wrong. The second classic Disney I mean, I'm just saying era, like, right? holy shit, that's the Disney of my childhood. As of it, my childhood it is, yeah. Yeah, it's kind of my second childhood because like, Th- this same summer, Bambi was re-released, and I saw Bambi in the theater, like, I don't know, like maybe a month before, a month after Roger Rabbit? Yeah? Yeah, that was the first time I ever saw Bambi. You know, the first movie I remember seeing in the theater is Home Alone. And it was a reissue, obviously. So I, you, you, your memory is way better than mine as far as things to see in the theater. Th- th- dude, theater-going experiences were extremely, you know, they were they were very rare when I was young. Right. So it was a very big deal. It was kind of, so it was something you would remember. Yeah. Because yeah. I always liked, you know, like, I've always liked cinema as far as I can remember. Even when I was a kid, I like, oh, I always loved movies and even cartoons and things like that. And I, yeah. I, I agree. And I remember the first time I saw, this is fucking embarrassing, but I saw, <laughs> I remember watching episode one in the theater, Star Wars. Okay, the only other time this has happened to me is like there was this one time I was making out with this girl in the back of this car, <laughs> and she was on top of me, and I was like shaking. Tell it slower. <laughs> okay, look. I don't know. So this girl worked at the um, at the Memphis Zoo, and I would go meet her after. She her was an shoot. animal. Yeah. Oh fuck, she was an animal or a tiger. And I would park uh, just off Overton Park, uh, Overton Park Street there, just down past the zoo, and she would, pet her kitty. Uh, yeah. All right. Oh and uh, so I would meet her after her shift, and we would go down to my car, and we would sit and we'd talk after her shift. Because, you know, you know, we didn't have anywhere else to go. Couldn't take her back to my house. My parents were there. Her house and her parents were there. Hey, Mom. Hey, Dad. Yeah, I'm going to go back in my room and do some heavy petting. Anyways. She's so, going to play with my We're going to listen to records and do homework. <laughs> so anyways, I... Um, no locked doors in my house, she would, uh she, she would take photos. She, her job was she would take, you know, you'd go into the zoo and she'd take your photo and try to sell it to you for $30. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, okay. that shit. Like, ah, you're here with your family, right? You want to remember this day for the rest of your life. No, actually, it's, it's been a miserable <laughs> fucking day. Get out of my face. And besides, this is free day. <laughs> We're not paying shit. Anyway, so I'd wait for her to get off work, and we would, like, you know, sit in the car and, like, make out and talk about her day and, you know, like, come here. Maybe you should, like, you know, come over and give Jared some loving. There was was one time. (laughs) There was one time I was sitting in the back seat, and I don't know what it was. I was so excited. Things were going so well, and I'm, I'm, like, shaking. I'm, like, like, so excited. 
And the only time before that I can remember being so excited that I was like kind of like vibrating, I was shaking. I was I was excited for episode one. So yeah, I, I totally get. <laughs> I don't know why I told this really embarrassing long story. You know, because which one was more fulfilling? You know, honestly, <laughs> not uh, episode not one. episode one. Now, hold on a second. To be to be fair, I loved episode to one. To be fair, out, bro, I did. To be fair. I thought it was fucking amazing. In yeah, the yeah, I was like, did. I was like, Darth Maul was so fucking. Come on, cool. we all did. <laughs> it was amazing, bro. Yeah, yeah no, that's what I'm saying. So it was the experience. I remember I seeing. I remember seeing the Star Wars and all that, and I was like, I was like fucking so excited. Like, like I was like, you know, with a girl in the back seat of my, you know, Explorer with her on top of me, going, Oh my god, this is how I got. I mean, she, she has no idea that I'm such a fucking nerd. Oh my god, oh my god, you know. For me, <laughs> episode. One had the exact same like I mean when the movie opened I was like oh my god I can't believe it but I remember and it's the most prophetic weird thing to have said after walking out of it but I walked out of episode one and I literally said I, mean, I don't know about that movie and my friend <laughs> and goes, a cynic was born my friend goes well, what do you mean it was fun I, go, I don't know it just felt like Star Wars but like Disney had taken over no you you called it you're the one that brought this evil on us. <laughs> I, I get excited when I go to the movies. I, I'm not a person that wants really to look for to look for the bad things. Like I want to be entertained when I go to right. the movies. It's it's hard when you become when look. It's called the Movie Crew Podcast because we all work in this industry. And I don't yeah. know if you obviously know that, but it's really hard to turn that off for me to be able to like watch it and not analyze it, saying. They're kind of motivating that light from the wrong side, but I'm kind of getting what they're doing there. I only do that if the story is crappy. Yeah, usually, you know? if, the, if the story's clicking, I'm usually able to turn that into off. fan mode and be just taken away. It's taken me a long time to, to turn that off. It's kind of like when I used to play music and I would go see a band and I, and I was a guitar player and I would watch him like, fuck this guy. No. No, 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 I'm telling you my personality. I was like, fuck this guy. I could play better. He's playing some fuck you, dude. I, 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 I'm going to go home and I'm going I'm to be better than this guy. So it's, it's hard to like turn that off. But now, you know, it's taking me a long time. I can actually like go and watch somebody and enjoy what they're doing and say, wow, this guy is actually really badass. You know, so same thing with going and watching a movie. It's like every now and then you got to like shut that fucking. Are they using like the new sky panel here? And you, you think they're, they're they're dialing in this like color gel? No, but J- Jared, wait, <laughs> what, that sounds so crazy to me. Like I don't know. Like the the reason I wanted to be involved in film is because I I had a love for it. Because it's not an audience love. Like it was just because I consumed that medium so much. Right, but you know, the, I agree with that. And I, I love that same thing. So there's this thing where you, you see it, right? And you're like, oh, my God, that's amazing. I want to do that. Yeah, but if it's so good, if it's so good, right. right, and it gets you enthralled, I don't see that shit, dude, the first time. I need the second. I need the third. There's a reason when I when I get on these uh, podcasts, and to give you a, an honest opinion, I have to see a movie twice. I can't. I, I can't. I, I can't. I can't give you my first. My first viewings are just full of emotions oh, and dude, like, yeah. what did I see? And I'm responding to the film, you know. And it's like I have so many questions. It's and, like you have to deal with it and go back and watch it again. Yeah. It's like you say with everything, but like. Like, I have to watch it at least twice to turn that off in my brain to be able to like experience it as I'm still working with that. I can't shut it off and say oh, that, that camera shot kind of ended, ended. No, see, I think <laughs> that camera shot ended a little shaky there. Well, see, I for me, why it's they didn't the do second that. time that I'll start doing that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It, the first time that little kid that loves movies is sitting in the theater. As long as the movie's working, 
That kid is watching the movie. I can leave and the adult can take over and go, well, what you just saw, and then start analyzing it in the movie. If the movie's working for me, it's that kid watching it. Have I I told you guys about watching uh, Brokeback Mountain with my buddy in film school in the theater? Have I told you about this? You, you have, but you can tell us again. Okay, anyways, so we're watching we're watching the movie. Anyways, one, one of the one of the characters' like wives is watching out the window, and she sees the two like kiss, and then 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 the, then the the kid walks over and and like you know, mommy, mommy, what's wrong or whatever, and she like picks the kid up and like has a moment. But when she picks the kid up, you can see the the lavalier cable on the kid, and I lean over to my buddy in the film <laughs> in the uh, in the uh, audience, and I say, "Hey, man, did you see that that lav cable right there?" And he looks at me and he goes, no, man, I just saw a woman's heartbreak. <laughs> <laughs> and that just kind of sticks with me. It's like, man, I'm looking at the wrong shit. <laughs> I'm not watching shit right. <laughs> well, if it jumps out at me, it jumps out at me. You know, but uh, yeah. Yeah, if the movie's clicking, like that first viewing, yeah, it's very much a slip. I mean, from opening credits on, I can easily slip into total fan mode. Now, if the movie's not clicking and I feel like the story isn't keeping me interested, then I start. That's when I'll start questioning, like, okay, what what are they doing with this? Is this a yeah, pace issue? Is this what's yeah, happening right. here? But that yet again, that's our over analytical brain, like saying, "Man," but uh, which is something that that this podcast is actually helping me out with is watching these older films. I have to like tell myself, like, we're analyzing this. From a future perspective on on something that yeah. happened back then, so you have to really look at things like this is 1988. Yeah, this is like this is really fucking cutting edge. And when I watch the trailer for this, it makes me appreciate it more because you're looking at it going, that's actually really impressive looking. I mean, and this film does have a lot of technical errors in it too. You know, you can watch like there's a bunch of wide shots, uh, especially like when Eddie Valance like walking up to the red car for the first time. And he's leaving uh, Maroon Studios. Yeah. Uh, he's he's walking up. And he's getting ready to get on the uh, the rail car to bum the cigarettes from the kids. Oh yeah, yeah I yeah. love that scene. There's some tunes in the background, and if you watch, uh, like they're going like toward the rail car, right, where they should be disappearing behind it. They'll skip in and out of frame and actually disappear in some frames, and they'll disappear before when they should. Nice. Like they should walk like an extra step and they should be there in that frame. You should see them in the window and they're not there. And they're characters that like don't hundred percent cover up well, all the robotics. It's the same thing. Like, in the frame. I, I noticed something like that really close to that when uh, it's like there, there's a tunnel that goes to Toontown. Yes. And so there's a car that goes into there and you see them instantly hit their brakes when they go in, like they're obviously slowing down yeah. for production. And then there's something that comes, I don't remember what it is, but there's some tune that comes out of there or they go into there. And when they get to the end of it, they kind of like pop out of existence on the HD version. It's like they didn't feather that fade out enough to make it yeah. like kind of come out of nothing. Like it's kind of coming out of darkness instead of like, the, you know, you see the mat, you see the yeah. cut there. But that's just, yet again, That I don't know if that's my brain like going, oh, look at that. <laughs> no, I mean, again, like, I mean, it sounds crazy to, to think that they these guys had a year working on it and they had so many people. But this, I mean, it was pretty cutting edge. Yeah. Because I will say, Robert Zemeckis moves the shit out of the camera. He is not keeping it's any of these. constantly moving. Yeah. So you actually get a little bit of actually 3D look on these characters a lot. Okay, so think about this. 
so a cartoon character is not only in an actor's hand that the guy's drawing, but when the camera's dollying around him, not only is the camera moving, the perspective changes on the character. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Think about that shit. That is no. crazy. You imagine there's a lot of drawing by that. Yeah. My yeah. hand. Yeah, I know. Man. They're like, are you fucking kidding me right now, Robin? Are you fucking kidding me right now, Robin? <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm saying, dude. It's crazy. You want this deadline by September? <laughs> And the movie, the movie won three Oscars for a reason, you know. Oh, and it, dude, yeah, totally. yeah, it won the uh, even the special achievement award for its uh, the animation direction. Take that, Howard the Duck. Yeah. Well, oh, what <laughs> Howard the Duck? What? What? No, we're not bringing that up in this podcast. Come on. <laughs> it's another bird, or like you know, a, a creature, like you know. Yeah, I guess it, the leading lady in that was also the leading lady in Back to the Future. So that's a Zemeckis connection. Yep, yep, yep. yep, yep. Leah Thompson, right? Yeah. No, she's really fine, dude. She also slept with a duck. That, this is what I'm talking about with like, fucking weird 80s well, shit. You ever heard fuck a duck? <laughs> Have you ever tried to type fuck into your iPhone? It always you comes get? out as Howard the Duck. <laughs> I get ducking a lot. I'm ducking angry at you right now. Fuck, now I'm even madder because I've got a correct <laughs> ducking. You know that I did not mean ducking. <laughs> And so, Brian, what do you what do you ducking rate this? Okay, this is this is a little uh, complicated because I, I have a personal rating, and then I, I guess I have a rating that I think the film earns. Interesting. Well, it's it's like we were talking about earlier. I'm not 100 percent okay with all the, the tonal shifts in the film. Um, some of them are kind of weird, um, and they don't always happen when I want them to. Like sometimes the film goes from a film noir style to a cartoon style that is absolutely perfect. And I would say the first 40 minutes is kind of flawless. Where, where, where does it jump off the rails for you? It, um, after Jessica rabbits, after the patty cake introduction and Robert rabbit, uh, Roger rabbit, uh, jumps out the window and he gets his silhouette. Just like Superman going through the ceiling. Yeah. You... He leaves a perfect, <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Yes, I do. Jumping out of the pool and the ceiling. <laughs> That's still amazing. Yeah. I actually rewatched Superman to see that. And I was just like, "You dare fucking drinking my chain on that?" No, it's there. No, and, and I'm remembering this yeah. just because he's talking about it. But no, it's there. It is amazing. <laughs> Superman goes to the scene like Roger Rabbit goes through a window. Yeah, Superman's cape. Oh, it's a scene. badass. Yeah, dude, it is good. Um, but personally, I I don't know. I I don't know about I don't know about the neo noir versus cartoon mixture. Don't know really who this film is really targeted for, kids or adults. You kept saying it's targeted towards kids, but my whole time in my brain, I'm sitting there thinking, this fucking show, this is really dark, man. And there's some really dark shit going on, and it's really, there's some deep shit going on, too. Personally, I'd give it, I'd probably give it an eight, but, you know, like looking at the film and watching it and like, yeah, I don't like some of these things here and there, and Roger Rabbit is annoying, but... All of it is done so well. It's executed so well. It's written so well. The screenplay right. is done perfectly. It's so fun. I don't want to say it, but guys, this is a, this is a perfect fucking movie. I really can't. I really can't criticize it. The only way I can criticize it is just my own personal bias and my own personal right. taste. And you, it's up, kind of. Perfect. I can totally see that. Like, yeah. I see that it's a well-made movie, and it's kind of a team. They, they achieved a lot, but personally, for me, like. 
I don't care if I ever see it again. <laughs> no, I do like it. watching it every now and again. I, I watch it every three I enjoyed, years. I haven't seen it in years, years, and I enjoyed yeah. watching again. But you, know, you brought up something recently, like when we talk about this rating thing. It's not like when we say that Roger Rabbit is an 8, and we say that you know the most recent Blade Runner movie is a 7.5, that we think that Roger Rabbit is better than the most recent Blade, Blade Runner movie. It's yeah. that our personal opinion on how we feel about this movie. Because I was listening to a recent podcast. I'm not going to re- bring up what it is. But what they do is they'll, they'll rate a movie, and then they'll take the average of everybody's score, and that'll be the, the average rating for the film. But then they weigh that on, okay, so we're saying that this film is a 7.5, but you rated Apocalypse Now at like a 9. So that movie, that means this movie is really somewhat close to Apocalypse Now. That's bullshit. Because, yeah, that is bullshit. Because that's not the way that we think of things. When I'm thinking about now, I'll rate Roger Rabbit a solid 8 the same way. But, but a lot of that has to do with nostalgia and the way I feel about it. And when I'm thinking about it, like, yeah, I really think that's a, that's an eight, but I agree with you that it, it, it is probably more when I think of other films, I'm also going to rate them differently. So it doesn't mean that just because I think Roger rabbit is an eight. And I think that Jacob's ladder is a 7.5 that do you see what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, this is, yeah, I mean, this is probably, this is, <laughs> it's probably a perfect film guys. I mean, no, seriously no, no. for everything that they did, they, yeah. they, they, they meet their tone. They expand. The, it's really nice to feel that the that the uh, the characters that you've seen have a life beyond. It's cool to think yeah. that that just because uh, you know I love that uh, that Roger Rabbit has a uh, a Goofy thing. He he compares his entire. He's like you know Goofy is is like he does everything perfect. And then even he's kind of got goofy pants too. Yeah, and like even at the end, uh, Jessica Rabbit even tells him like you know look you know Goofy couldn't have done it better. <laughs> You know, like, you know, she's like, look, look, motherfucker, you know, like, you did this better than Goofy. The guy that, the guy that you think that does everything perfect. I like his ears, too. When she oh, says he's like, that. Grabs yeah, it. He's yeah. like, his, his ears yeah. like, <laughs> oh, yeah. He's like, I'm getting laid. I'm getting up in that rabbit later tonight. Man, let's see you those giant. Patty cake. <laughs> patty cake. Patty cake. Patty cake. <laughs> patty cake. Patty cake. Oh, patty cake. Oh, my. So Robert Zemeckis, if you do that sequel, just give us a call. Jared's available, I'm pretty sure. Or at least he'll make himself available for you, sir. I mean, if you Robert anything, really. Benson, come on, give us your rating. Four and a half? Really? Four and a half. He goes, it's a little bit over half of what we went before. That is your lowest rating ever. My least favorite movie we've done. Uh, Oh, man. But I mean, like I said. We haven't haven't reviewed Piranha yet. I totally. I like st- Joe Dante. I <laughs> completely <laughs> see the. That's just my personal. Yeah, personal baggage with the movie. Like, Jerry, wh- no, I do when get did that. you see this movie it. for the first time? We haven't asked you that. Yeah, I told you earlier. Yeah, you did. When was it? About right when it came on VHS. It was VHS okay? I was, just, like I, I was just wondering when his time period. You're eleven. Eleven or early yeah, 11? probably around eleven. Yeah. yeah. So when you were eleven, what was your favorite movie? Uh, would either be Ghostbusters, Superman, Back to the Future, or Nightmare on Elm Street. I mean, I totally see the uh, achievement that they did, and I think Zemeckis did a great job. Yeah. I don't know. It just never entertained me. Drop us an email. <laughs> Leave us a five star review on iTunes. I'll send you a T shirt. Just say, hey. 
we love this podcast. Send me a fucking T-shirt, and I'll send you one. That's right. And be you sure to leave your shirt size and your email. You can leave that email at themoviecrew at gmail.com. That's the movie crew. Crew is spelled C-R-E-W-E. Because we like to make it extremely fucking hard to contact us. <laughs> well, the original the movie crew at Gmail was, was, was taken, right? It's, it's I'm going to contact that guy and whip his ass. <sighs> you remember like Jane Silent Bob was like, hey, we're here from the fucking internet. <laughs> we'll whip your ass. Give me this fucking email address. <laughs> Uh, we need it more than you do. Listen, listen. I <laughs> promise you right now. That scene is hilarious. Too. <laughs> <laughs> I promise you right now. I am going to send an email out to the movie crew without the extra E and ask them, will they relinquish their email address to us? And I promise you I will read their reply. <laughs> I'm going to send right. it. Listen, okay, we're gonna I'm going to I'm going to send that as soon as we get done here. I'm gonna go piss because I had to piss for the last hour, and then I'm going to, <laughs> and, then I, and, and then I'm going to send this email, and then the next time we're here when we do the Jurassic Park podcast, I will let you know what this fucker says. Oh my god! All right, cheers. He's probably gonna go. That's where I'm getting all these messages from. Right here, I've got a whole inbox of shit to send to you. So this you explains been, everything. <laughs> I'm like, I didn't think we had anybody that loved us. <laughs> Please leave us a five star review and send us a fucking email. There you go. Uh, you guys can follow us on Facebook and Twitter, and even on Instagram at Movie Crew Pod. Benson, where can they follow you, sir? J Edward Benson on Twitter. And Jared. You can follow me on Twitter at Jared B. Callen, on Instagram at CheckTheGate. Please hit me up on the PlayStation Network at CheckTheGate as well. Let's play some Fortnite. All right, so we're going to close out the show with a little bit of the soundtrack. We're going to be playing track 12 from Who Framed Roger Rabbit. This is from Alan Silvestri. This is going to be Eddie's theme. Please, Eddie. Enjoy. Enjoy. 